Hey everyone, before starting this episode, an apologies for myself because my audio is absolutely horrendous for the first 25 minutes. It's not that great, but fortunately I don't actually speak all that much, so do tune in because Doug has some amazing um, insights into sort of Steven Spielberg and what he thought about this movie and the impact he's had on his life. In the second half, unfortunately, my cat is meowing in the background. So, yeah, I'm really sorry. (laughs) But hope you enjoyed the episode. And, um, yeah, I'll let the show begin. I'll tell you what, this, this movie is a breath of fresh air after Jurassic World Dominion. It absolutely is. And wherever anybody else falls on this thing, I had talked to you right before we we hit record. I truly believe that this movie is not for everyone, but it is very much for me. And growing up with Steven Spielberg and being shaped a lot by not necessarily just his movies, but the characters and and his collaboration within the world and the way that he sees the world. I mean, I owe a lot of my personality and the way that I walk through the world and the way that I enjoy entertainment because of the way that he made movies, uh, the way that he collaborated with John Williams, the way that those songs just live in my mind and the way it I can see the world cinematically now because he made movies. Not that that couldn't have happened otherwise without him. It's just that, you know, I wasn't watching those older movies when I grew up. I was watching Steven Spielberg's movies because they were the ones that came out in my formative years. And of course, he borrowed from other legends. And this movie even addresses that. But it, it is not a small thing to say that I owe a lot of my personality and my love for movies and just generally my appreciation for a lot of things in life to Steven Spielberg and his collaborators as they made movies. I'm a huge, huge fan. That's not to say that I haven't disagreed with some of his movies. That's not to say that I haven't vehemently disliked some of his movies, but those that really hit and work for me are, are formative experiences for me at key moments in my life. And this one hit, and that's why I, I picked it as one of my top five of 2022, because it felt like it was a movie that I needed to see at this point in my life right now. Um, where where did you sit on it? Like, how did you grow up with Steven Spielberg? Was he more on the side or just kind of like a casual thing? Oh, man, like Steven Spielberg, like growing up, because again, you know, same age, so, you know, we're the same, you know, all the different from different places, <laughs> you know, Spielberg was definitely one of the only directors who I could literally tell you the name of while I, when I was young. Like, I don't know when I was, you know, when what, Jurassic Park came out or E.T. Uh, some of these really, you know, movies that came out in the 90s and like, you know, early 90s-ish time, mid-90s, I think to even late 90s. He was the only director who I knew sort of by name. And like, if a Spielberg movie came out, I'd be like, okay, that's a Spielberg movie. Whereas I can't say that about a lot of other Directors. Maybe the only one I could say otherwise is probably James Cameron, a little bit just because sure. of Terminator 2. Um, you know, that was one of my favorite movies of all time back when I was younger and probably still is. But it's amazing. I just watched it again the other night. <laughs> timeless. Still incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Timeless. But Spielberg was like, got to the stage where like I would normally pick out movies at the video store to be like, all right, you know, it's an action movie, it's a comedy movie, it's starring Nicolas Cage, um, you know, or, you know, it's starring an actor that I really like or, you know, a cast that I really enjoy. But Spielberg was like, the thing really 
matter who was in the movie, if he was directing it, I'd be like, this is a Spielberg movie, and I'm watching it because it's Spielberg. <laughs> and I think that's pretty unique for me and sort of Spielberg. I don't know what, I really want to explore sort of what it is, and good question asked you, what is it about Spielberg that was obviously so impactful, not just as a, you know, movie lover, but on your actual life? Like, what, did you, what, what was he doing that really impacted you? Well, I think that's, you just hit it uh, a little bit ago. It's that he would surround himself with things that made the movie work. Always Steven Spielberg became the name, right? So Steven Spielberg's Jurassic Park or a Steven Spielberg film. But I mean, if you look at each of those movies, there's nothing intrinsic about Steven Spielberg. Like he's not an IP. He's not a personality. Behind the scenes, nobody really knew what Steven Spielberg was like. You knew what he looked like because you could see pictures of him. But he didn't really stand in front of his movies and say, this is my movie. It was a movie that just happened to have his name on it. And I think that's what's most important. He wasn't, he didn't want you to feel like he was the most important part of it. It was the sum of all parts. Jurassic Park, obviously being such a huge influence on me, you watch that movie and you see powerhouse performances from actors you didn't know then, right? You see Terminator 2, Arnold Schwarzenegger, you already knew. Nobody knew who Sam Neill was, and you walk out of that movie, and he's your favorite action hero now. How did that happen? It's because the music is there, the cinematography is there, the story is there, the attention to detail is there. I think what Steven Spielberg did was take all of his influences from the movies he loved most when he was growing up and utilize modern technology to do just that. And I don't want to get ahead of ourselves too much, but the end of this movie, I think, is is the perfect way to describe what Steven Spielberg ultimately became, where he heard really simple advice and he applied that simple advice in every single thing he ever made after that to a, like not even to a fault, just religiously. Okay, that's what's important. And then he kind of exploded the idea out from there. So you know, where's the horizon? It's here or it's here. Great. So where's the story? It's here or it's here. Right. So those are those middle grounds. Like he, he just works in abstracts that serve an exploded story. And I think that's what works so well for him. It's universal concepts that are told through a common person's perspective or the person you didn't think would be there perspective and he just he shines a light on folks like uh obviously chief brody and jaws doesn't like the water excellent you're in because uh, a shark is killing people and that one of the heroes of the movie doesn't even like to be on a boat fantastic it immediately pulls us in et it's a little boy trying to help an alien get home you know he just he has an innate ability to be able to figure out how a character is the most important part of the story. And everything else that happens in the story is wonderful and it's cinematic and it's beautiful, but it's secondary to the characters. Steven Spielberg, never one of them. Mm. No, that's a fantastic point. The thing with um, him is there's a real, that I found with his movies, there's a real sense of intimacy that you feel, I think, with his movies. And I think, yeah, all the ones you mentioned then, like what, E.T. is maybe still one of the most emotional movies I've ever seen. Um, even the ones that sort of miss, like movies like Hook and stuff like that, like, you know, yes, there's a lot of flaws in that movie, but at the heart of it, he's trying to do something really, um, you know, 
get you emotionally involved in a way that he does almost almost subtle, but it's brilliant the way he does it, I think. Um, there's this thing I'm reading here from, I just pulled that before, from Film Lifestyle. Um, Spielberg is able to communicate with his audience in a way that makes the viewer feel like they are in on the action instead of being just a member of an audience watching a movie. I think that's pretty accurate. That's pretty spot on. Um, you feel like you're right in the mix, but it's not, it's not like it's overt. It's not over the top. He does it in such subtle and cool ways, I think, where you just feel like, yes, you know, I'm in the world of Jurassic Park with these people. I can empathize with this boy, with this alien, because I've been there. <laughs> Even in this movie, you see the dysfunctional family, which is a common sort of trope of his, which he uses quite a bit. You sort of feel that throughout the whole movie. But there's something about him that's really good. And the point you brought up about, you never really, um, see him as a character. You're exactly right. You don't. Like, you see a Michael Bay movie, you know it's a Michael Bay movie. <laughs> exactly. That's my yeah, point. Yeah. Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder is a character. And he also makes movies. But Michael Bay is maybe the best example of it at all. Michael Bay is also a character and he makes movies. Steven Spielberg effortlessly blends into the background of his creation and puts it out there. And he also works in so many different genres and and doesn't care. He spent like 15, the past 15 years almost in total obscurity with the exception of Ready Player One, which was already an amalgamation of work that was inspired by his works anyway. And it was, it was okay. It's fun. I've watched it again recently. My brother loves that movie so much. He watches it like once a year. I love the book. The point is he was making, you know, very intimate passion projects about like history and especially after something like Saving Private Ryan, I think a lot of people go into his movies assuming, wow, this is going to be this major explosion. And no, it's it's about like documents being exposed or it's like Munich. It's very quiet, but it's always earnest. The characters are always amazing. And even if I don't leave the movie feeling like, man, I missed it. What I always notice in a Spielberg movie is largely what you were discussing it's the way Spielberg sees the world. He frames for you his important perspective about something. And you can't help but be charmed by it. So even if you leave the theater or even if you watch one of his movies and you don't love that one, you can't deny that there's at least one scene or a couple scenes in the film that engage you so thoroughly that you forget you're watching a movie and you feel like you're visiting someone else's life. Yeah. That's, just, that, that, that's exactly right. He does that throughout. And yeah, there might be some exceptions to the rule, but on the overall, he does that pretty much um, quite a bit. And definitely done here in this movie, The Fablemans, man. This movie, oof. You know, so let's get into the movie a little bit, man. Um, Fablemans, what did you sort of, just sort of start this movie? It's an autobiographical movie. Now, Honestly, I try to think of other sort of autobiographical movies. I've known a lot of biographical movies, <laughs> you know, like biopics of movies, but for a director to come out and make a movie about himself like this as sort of a tribute to filmmaking and his sort of way of filmmaking. What did you sort of think about the overall premise of this movie, the biopic way it was done? Um, you know, what were your thoughts around that? Did you, did you like the way he approached it or is it something that you see? Of course, it's Spielberg, but have you seen this? elsewhere or anything like that? Yeah. You know, I mean, other examples of it escape me right now. I'm sure I'll think of one in, you know, five, 10 minutes when you're talking about something and my brain is actually kind of going. Uh, but to answer the question, uh, concisely, yes, I enjoyed the approach. 
the long form version of it is I think it is fascinating to finally peel back a layer on something and you notice in the movie that Sammy Fableman is not the main character. Even though the story revolves around him growing up, he's not the main character. His parents are the main characters. His siblings are the main characters. And I think that's a fascinating way for him to show the world and he does it in the most Spielberg way possible because he doesn't even mention that it's like a a story about him Never once. He just shows you that Sammy Fableman sees the world through a frame and is very, very, very concerned that other people might be able to see the world the way he sees it. So every time he makes a movie, every time when he's exploring the train crash, when he has to know how the mechanics of the train crash works, uh, later on in the movie where he where he does the senior you know beach day film and the bully approaches him and is like why did you do that why did you make me look like that that's not the way that it was he's like that's just what i saw steven spielberg made countless decades of films ultimately leading up to this point almost like a reverse engineer of stuff like almost like a reverse engineered kevin smith where kevin smith made a movie about kevin smith in clerks but called it you know clerks And Steven Spielberg finally made a movie about Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg isn't the main character, but his motivation for how he sees the world is. And the fact that just because he sees the world the way that he does, he feels like he has to shoot it. He's going to shoot it. The story exists in the frame already. And I think that's what's really cool and important. And then the main character is becoming his family and you kind of examining that a savant isn't always just like mired in opportunity. They're not always mired in glory. They're not always immediately, uh, immediately granted access to like the golden key. Sometimes they're just members of a broken family that traverse life like every single one of us do, but they have something inside them that tells them they need to do something. And I thought that was a really brave and powerful move because the movie wasn't a hit financially. No, no. in fact, it was pretty, pretty, it hasn't done so well. I think what's the, I've got the figures here. Yeah, so budget of 40 million made back 28 million. So I think it's, it hasn't even made the money back yet, which is really interesting no. to me. And you know what yeah. you don't hear from Steven Spielberg? No. <laughs> yeah, anything. anything. Yeah, right. Nothing. Exactly he doesn't right. care. Yeah, no, no, no. He's, he doesn't I mean, care. At this stage of his career, <laughs> you know, he's not looking probably so much for that. But yeah, I did enjoy it. Because it's been a while since I've, the thing about Spielberg movies is like, you know, this takes me back to sort of sort of some of the more ones I watched in my formative years, ones like Jurassic Park or ones like E.T. Um, they're sort of really grand. So when you step into this movie, and I saw that, you know, two hours and a half one time, I was like, all right. I know what I kind of know what I'm in for this one, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, you're going to go on a journey. You're going to go on a pretty deep journey. Um, going to be really emotional, and this had a lot of that. I think the one thing that worked for me in this is it did. While it was a long movie, I actually didn't feel it too much in this movie. I thought it flowed along pretty well. Um, to sort of see the structure of his life broken down into some pretty good chunks. You know, as you said, when he was a kid and showing us influences of sort of you know the train scene that he saw. It was really fascinating to see the character grow. And it's interesting to say he's not the main character. I don't know. I think he, I think the way he's done it is, I want to know your opinion on this, like, 
it's like we're almost seeing the movie through Danny, but it's kind of like all the characters around him is like what's running in his mind. Like that's all the influence he's having around him, right? Like the tragedy between what's happening between his mother and um, Benny, um, you know, his father and how he's sort of treating his hobby, <laughs> you know, like while they're actually happening, we're seeing it from a sense of, we're seeing it from the lens of what sort of Sammy's going through and the impact it has on him going forward. That was really well done like that as well. Um, yeah, yeah that's, I guess that's what I meant when I said that he wasn't the main character. He treats himself like a director. He's always, he's always in the background. So he, he is the main character in that, you know, the beginning of the movie starts with Sammy and the end of the movie ends with Sammy where, you know, he's going to see his first movie. And then at the end, he's getting a shot at, you know, being able to make a TV show, which we ultimately know where it goes. Right. So he is the main character or he's the central focus, but I don't think he's the main character. I think his mom is the main character of the movie. And that's, that's the masterstroke because if you are going to have a main character and it's going to be Michelle Williams and her performance in this movie, directed by her son and allowing all of his thoughts to come through the camera allow it like he had to direct an, an actor to be his mom knowing full well that she was going to have to break his heart the character playing him sammy fableman and him behind the lens you know steven spielberg was just rolling it, i can't i can't imagine he wasn't crying behind the camera constantly trying to work through a lot of his own past issues with his family. Cause it wasn't until today. I just took it as like, this is a really great story. It's, it's a fantastic Spielberg flick. And like you said, it, it kind of feels like a return to form, not in, not in explosions. There's not a lot of action in this movie, but it is grand. It is, it, it is beautiful. Like every frame drips with care and attention to detail. But according to this article that I read, almost everything in the movie actually happened in the way that it was pretty, pretty much listed. Like it all, it all happened. Uh, so it must've been an emotional whirlwind for Spielberg to make this movie, but also just such an amazing kind of, it, it's, it's almost like he wrote a journal about his own life and just put it up there and changed the names just so that nobody would be like, ah, this this exactly happened to you or you being, you know, too maudlin or you're being too self-serving, right? Because at no point does he ever even show you the explosion of his career. We just see the tipping point right at the very end. So it's not like he's even trying to congratulate himself, right? No, it's definitely very, um, the journal entry is very um, good point. It is almost like a, self, like a self-reflection. He's almost doing, he just sat down, he meditated, made a movie, and it was, this is the output. <laughs> this is kind yeah. of what it feels like, but so he seems like he's um I don't know I get the sense that he's quite troubled during this movie as well a lot of the time right and mm-hmm. that's sort of I mean there are some more themes I want to discuss a little bit a little bit later about sort of you know savant or you know this beautiful art coming in dysfunctional families and you know how that all sort of ties in but it seems like he's quite because there is one powerful scene where I think he carries through and he's basically told that he's you know. He's selfish. He's told by his girlfriend at one point. Oh. He's told by his sister. Yeah. Is this like a, like a self? His uncle? Yeah, yes, his uncle. Um, oh, man. That thought? scene that, is yeah. rowdy. <laughs> that might have been my favorite scene. That, that, that scene was so powerful. I thought it was so great. And he seems to be quite, um, you know, quite, quite judgmental. I don't know if judgmental is the right word, but he seems like he doesn't look on himself the very, 
we at times. Um, he's not excusing himself. Maybe he's not trying to put himself as a character we should pity for or trying to tell us that he's not, um, you know, perfect or something like that. What do you, what do you make out of that? I'm still sort of thinking about it in my head as to what to make out of that scene. <laughs> well, see, I think that's honestly part of the reason that a lot of people didn't walk out of the movie theater or didn't even go see the movie in the first place is that even the trailer lets you know Steven Spielberg is being honest about the portrayal of himself and, and his family here. And that was weird, especially, you know, me having been a podcaster, making a very honest reflection of my own, you know, life and, and something very, very particularly bad that happened in my life. Uh, while something good happened, it can be weird and it can be alienating and people that expect something, but get something else in return can often just go the other way. Like, no, I'll wait for the next thing. You know, because he's got to be making something else really cool real soon. Or, you know, I'll just go back and watch Jurassic Park or I'll watch Jaws for like one of the other classics. I think it was really brave of him to say, like, I've had a really difficult relationship with my family for my entire life. And it bled into my art. If you look at almost all of his movies, there's a broken relationship with a parent usually kind of at the the center structure or there's a a faulty hero or you know i mean indiana jones and the last crusade is a pretty supreme example of the way that kind of comes in and i think this peak behind the veil where just because those people are flawed and just because it broke and just because it caused a lot of turmoil didn't mean he ever stopped loving them and didn't mean he ever wanted to not honor them but he also had to wrestle with his emotions. And I think what he's really revealing about himself with this movie, again, I'm not an official critic, but I just like, as, as somebody trying to create for a living going from here forward, right? You're burdened with a sense of, of purpose. And Sammy Fableman, Steven Spielberg is burdened with a lens through which he views the world that he thinks other people need to see. And his uncle immediately sees that in him immediately knows like you love this more than your family. Like you're going to do this. It's going to rip your heart out. Like he tells him it's going to crush you into the ground and you're still going to do it. Like the last scene between him when he's leaving and he's getting in the cab, he just gives him that like heart rip. Um, and, and I, well, I think that's also kind of what it is, is like, a lot of people expect you go into a movie like this. Oh, he must've picked up a camera when he was six, uh, shot something great. By the time he was out of high school, he had a job to go be a director. And then the next thing, you know, jaws and it didn't happen that way. And as a matter of fact, the, the story that has interested him in his mind for the 40 plus years that he's been making movies is the one about his own family. And he finally told it and he did it so quiet and just put it out and, and did it so beautifully and so lovingly and with such deft care that even in a scene where he's being absolute, when his world is like fractured by the fact that he knows his mother and father have an issue, you still see love from all parties and, and the fracture continues and it, you know, it erupts and it goes away, but it, it just, uh, I don't know, man. I give him all all the credit in the world for knowing full well he was going to put this movie out and it was probably going to disappoint or not perform well. And even though it's getting a lot of awards recognition, which it should, uh, cinematography and for Michelle Williams' performance, because wow, wow. 
She was stellar in this movie. Uh, I give him a, a round of applause. He could have directed Indiana Jones 5, but instead of directing Indiana Jones 5, he made this passion project. And I give him all the credit in the world for doing that because Indiana Jones 5 is going to make a billion plus dollars guaranteed. Even if it's worse, like worse than any of the worst Indiana Jones films, it will make that money. He didn't do that. He made a movie that he knew was probably going to be a critical success and a financial failure. And it helped him. And I'm glad he did that for himself. Because this far into your career, your relationship with your parents, you know, he's of a certain age. He's got to be reflecting on his life. And he probably wanted to show the audience that has enjoyed his movies for so very long why it's so near and dear to him that he has to do this, that he must do this. It's a part of him. Even if he wasn't making movies, he would still be probably writing something. He would be upholding something else. Because again, I, I don't think he sees himself as anything other than the person through which the story lens is shaped. Yeah. He relies so heavily on wonderful performances, wonderful music, amazing cinematography, and all of that stuff is a collaboration. And I don't know many directors out there who have the kind of clout that he does while having zero ego. Mm. Zero. He- what, did you think that people were a bit disappointed at this movie? You alluded to it before a little bit. Was it because there wasn't enough about the actual, like his path to becoming a filmmaker, for instance? Like it was a very for sure. personal story, but you know we don't really get much insights into sort of his uh, what makes him so great as a filmmaker. And I think that that's interesting to me because I think it is kind of it's kind of unknown. He has a gift, <laughs> you know, as simple as that that sounds. That's what the sort of movie shows us. Um, He's impacted deeply by scenes. He can frame things, you know, innately very well. Um, he has his sort of the skill set, which he can just do very easily. And he himself can't explain it that well. Like it's hard to explain why a genius is geniuses sometimes, right? And yeah. I think, maybe, well, I think it shows you subtly throughout the movie. And I think that's another thing. Yeah. He doesn't want to self-congratulate ever. Everything that he shows you about how he makes films throughout the entire film, but throughout the entire movie is anything anybody could do. It's just that he has a dedicated nature to do it all the time and find the best ways to do it. And my favorite iterations of that in the movie Mm -hmm. are when he takes the pinholes to make it look like (laughs) a cowboy movie. When you see his whole family, like in the stagecoach out front and the guy's like, you're going to give me my stagecoach back. And the dad is like, got the box of dust. And he's throwing it into the air and he's like, yeah, real soon, you know, stuff like that. And then I also think it shows you constantly scenes like when he's a Boy Scout and he's collecting the scorpions. And when his mother is dancing in the car headlights, like the infrastructural DNA of so much of what he thinks is special and is subtle, but also amazing about human life exists here. And I think the vast majority of the scenes are structured to show you where some of his most iconic shots might eventually have uh, been born from, you know, things Mm -hmm. like E.T. and his use of light and his use of perspective 
all of that stuff is shown to you, but it's not presented as look at how well this genius did this. Mm-hmm. And somebody yeah. recognized it. The end of the movie is just somebody telling him, put the horizon in the top of the frame, mm-hmm. put the horizon in the bottom of the frame in the middle. It's bullshit. And then he kicks him out of his office and we get that <laughs> excellent shot of Sammy walking away yes, yes. and you don't even realize that. the horizon's framed wrong until the camera <laughs> judders down. And yeah, that was yeah. The, I clapped. I clapped Very smart. at that moment. <laughs> like, it just to me was such a brilliant thing as somebody who's loved films, who's loved Steven Spielberg, who loves storytelling. It wasn't a movie to say, look how well I've done. Give me a handshake. It was a movie to say, I see you other mm-hmm. artist. I know you're struggling. I know you're troubled, Yeah, but I know you've got a gift and I hope you find mm-hmm. the right ways to express it. And I needed to see it, and I did, <laughs> and I'm very happy that I did. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's um, I mean, yeah, that end scene was pretty epic. I loved how the shook and went down. Pretty, <laughs> pre- very, very sort of meta. <laughs> if, if, if there's ever been a time Spielberg has been in a movie, it was that one moment when he moved the camera down. <laughs> it was you so know? great. Just that little shutter was just brilliant it was arguably one of the most beautiful and personal movies he's ever made outside of like (laughs) schindler's list and you know tears of the sun like you know real like actual brutal world changing kind of movies um you know this was just his world changing but that little shift was like (laughs) all right i get you yeah yeah no it's pretty good um he is a great storyteller and in in the storytelling i did want to touch on a little bit of the other family i know we've sort of you know, it's funny because we've sort of mentioned how um, he's not the central character of the movie, but he's definitely been the central character of this podcast. Um, <laughs> so let's uh, let's not bring in some of the side characters. The, the whole family dynamic I found really fascinating because um, the way he does it as well is so grounded, I find, right? Like it's so, it is so relatable and so close to home for a lot of people. That's sort of what he's going through. It's nothing over the top. It's not a big, there's no big action scenes or anything like that. It's, there's no big, huge fights. It's very sort of soft and, um, you know, you sort of understand sort of what he's going through and the dilemma he's going through. He's not an explosive kid. He's not getting angry at everybody. He internalizes a lot of the issues he's having, he's having, which is sort of what I think Spielberg does, to be honest, as a person, it seems like, judging by this movie, he's a, he's a fanboy and he's not going to make a big show of it. Um, you know, so I really enjoyed sort of, I mean, I didn't enjoy it, but just sort of the way it was done, sort of to see the family struggle. Like, what do you think about sort of some of the um, things around his life and how they were portrayed, especially more the relationship between the um, mother and father and Benny and how he, Sammy and Stephen, <laughs> sort of approached this. Like, I, I felt it was quite touching and quite emotional. I felt really bad. I was feeling bad for Sammy throughout this entire movie, to be honest. Bullied yeah. after when he went to school. Um, not yeah, being understood. Bagelman, when, yeah, when everybody Bagelman, was... Uh, uh, getting on him for being one of the only Jews in that school. Like it just, I I thought it was really brave. And I'll, that's, that's essentially the touch that I'll hit on especially Mm -hmm. as somebody who knows full well, when you make something very personal, you could alienate a lot of your audience because it doesn't have a lot of flash. It doesn't have a lot of bang. It doesn't have robotic cars. It doesn't have dinosaurs. It's just a, a story about a family that slowly methodically falls apart. And one member of that family watching it all, and internalizing that so much that he eventually would go on to tell stories about it in 
things that included things like robotic cars and dinosaurs <laughs> and aliens as a way for it to actually broadly apply to an entire you know film going audience everything that he has ever dealt with is explored on a minor scale in this movie and macro scale throughout his entire filmed career you know his struggles with being jewish and what happened with the jewish people largely explored in schindler's list and yes. saving private ryan like all of his macro emotions about who he is and where he came from that's already all out there because yeah. he writes and incorporates parts of his story there and this film was meant to show you this is where it all is and i'm an outside observer a lot of the time i watched it happen i watched the train wreck in mm -hmm. slow motion until i was 18 19 years old yeah. and uh god paul dano I oh, used man. to not enjoy very much like when he first started in his career and then he yeah. really grew on me, but man, what a banner year him as the Riddler. And then in this movie too, yeah. to like opposite sides of the coin performance. But as the dad, he was wonderful. So yeah. stoic and so purposeful and always about work. But that, that tender scene with Sammy toward the end when he's having the, the panic attack. Yeah. And he's still supporting him, even though he's trying to do something totally different with his life than what he wanted him to do. Ugh, spectacular. And the way that he never will like maligned his mother. So even though he knew that she was in love with Benny and that she was going to be with Benny, you see that one scene of his heartbreaking when he looks at the picture, but he yeah. never says a bad word about her to any of the kids. He allows himself to be kind of attacked by one of the daughters when she thinks it's his fault. Um, he uh, And like, you know, this stuff must have happened. A version yeah. of it must have happened. Uh, so Paul Dano was wonderful. Again, mm -hmm. Michelle Williams. Another person, like, I can't tell you a Michelle Williams movie I enjoyed before this. <laughs> and <I'll, laughs> you didn't enjoy him. You didn't enjoy the I'll, Venom, I'll be honest. The, the, the Venom series? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Oscar. Oscar, Oscar. Uh, <laughs> but she's she's always been... I don't dislike her, but I've never thoroughly been like... If I see Michelle yeah. Williams on screen, I'm never like, all right, great. Michelle Williams is here. Like, oh, okay, she's here too. Um, she's a fine actor. It, it just never really clicked for me. But in this movie, she won me over forever. <clears throat> No, if you yeah. show up to a Steven Spielberg film to play his mom and you do oh. it so effectively and so heartbreakingly and so beautifully and so empathetically, and you can smack the back of your son in one scene and then in another scene, just be making him some food and telling him that he's an artist and he needs to do his art. Like everything here is real. Everything displayed on the screen here was so raw and so real and that it was all gray. It's all mm -hmm. in the gray. Yep. There was ups, there was downs, there was in the middles. Seth Rogen, another like, oh, wow. Give me more of this Seth Rogen. Yeah. No. Seth Rogen nails dramatic roles. Um, he's, I, I don't know, the other movie I think I saw recently of his was American Pickle. Have you seen that one? Mm. Um, I thought he was fantastic in that. Like, he was so good. I mean, that was a bit more comedic than this was but i mean yeah he still like the there were very emotional scenes it was yeah they really they, they really they really were towards the end especially um but yeah man like i don't know man the other thing i really liked about this michelle williams she was fantastic in this but like i loved how sammy like i think what 
Steven Spielberg did here was a little bit, um, he sort of showed how he was kind of a bit of both, right? And that's what makes him the master he is because he has this artistic side, which his uncle, you know, has as well. But you see he's on the other side where he's too far across and he sort of, um, you know, works in the circus or whatever it was that he was doing. Um, so he has that side to him, but then his father's the complete opposite who was, um, you know, very dedicated to work and, you know, he was almost dismissive of the creative field. He's able to mesh them two together to create something of who he is. And I think that's done really well in this movie. You see the influences of his parents and how much they've had on him, despite the fact it's been dysfunctional, there's been chaos in the house, uh, you know, the affair that his wife, his mother's having really rocks his world for a long period of the movie, I feel like. Yet it's... A part of who he is and he doesn't deny that he doesn't hide from it he's not ashamed of it it's what it is i think the word you used before was honest and that's again coming across with sort of his portrayals of how he's viewed his family um growing up i don't know we didn't get too much out of the sisters every now and then we'd see sort of scenes with them um it was definitely more you know mother father on top then yeah you know we got a little bit of the sisters influence uh i did really enjoy the the sisters <clears throat> when they were like when Sammy was making all the movies when he's younger, so all the stuff with the sisters there like with the mummy makeup and yeah <clears throat> everything there was wonderful. But we're sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Were you just no. about to touch on when she was watching him edit the one movie? Yes, yes. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 scene was good. Um, also the one where she confronts him and tells him, you know, um, after you know the the revelation of uh the affair to the whole family. Um, he's back inside working on his craft because I guess that's the way he deals with that kind of thing. I don't know if that's what that commentary was about. That's the way he deals with it, just going back to sort of his craft. And um, she calls him out and says, you're more selfish than anybody. And it's kind of like, ooh, okay. Is there something, there is something here. So yeah, a lot of really good performances. I did think, yeah, you are right about the point you mentioned earlier, how they sort of do have some filmmaking stuff, like he's a pioneer almost in costume design, (laughs) you know, with some of that stuff he did. So that was really interesting to see that side of thing. I think maybe the criticisms of this movie might have just been that, to be honest. Uh, maybe people were expecting more of that filmmaker journey rather than personal journey. Um, but well, yeah, and you know, like, I think, uh, again, a, a lot of what he showed about him making films was literally just him, like, begging his dad yeah. to understand why he wanted to spend so much money on a quicker editor which reminds the audience like, yeah, filmmaking used to just be a strip and then you would actually cut and then you would tape and all the scenes of Sammy sitting next to his editor with the taped reels of film in the, in the order that he's trying to put that stuff down. And you have to remember, like he's not being paid. Nobody is going to see this outside of a handful of people. And then he's going to have to move on to the next thing. And it's just, that takes dedication from a teenager, especially in that time where almost nobody like you have to mean it you have to want it you have to live and breathe it and he did but he didn't explode about it and he didn't ask other people to care about it other than just understanding that he wanted to do it and i think that's pervaded through his entire career and i think that's why he's one of like i the first time i went to la i didn't care much for the like downtown touristy scene but I did stand in front of the Chinese theater and I kid you not, I happened to look down and the footsteps on the ground, right where I was at were Steven Spielberg's and he's got <laughs> small feet compared to me. Turns out, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, 
but I stood there and I was, I was happy, right? Like I saw a lot of the stars that I've known and loved throughout the years. I saw their stars, Mm. but I think what makes him pervade and it is so wonderful is that he doesn't, there's a, there's an amazing line. This will sum it up in the Mm. secret life of Walter Mitty where, uh, Sean Penn is up in the mountains and he's, he's photographing some snow leopards and Ben Stiller is sitting next to him and he's like, yeah, uh, where, where are they? And he's like, mm, beautiful things never ask for attention. Mm. <laughs> and I think there's a reason that when you see a Steven Spielberg movie, his name comes up, but you don't see him in the movie. You don't get a clever cameo. You don't get interviews about him exploding or his ego ever being exposed. You just get him elevating the best people in the business that tell stories to a place where they can tell stories in front of many people. Yeah. And I'll always appreciate that. Yeah. He definitely is one of a kind. Um, definitely one of the most unique filmmakers and one of the best storytellers, which is why he's got such a, um, you know, someone like him, it's the way he makes movies are so, you know, um, like anyone can sort of accept them and appreciate them, which is why I think he's had the success he's had. Like, Martin Scorsese, you have to like a certain genre of movies. Well, mostly, somewhat, to, you know, enjoy his kind of movies. Tarantino, kind of similar. But Steven Spielberg is a class of his own in that he can just transcend that. Um, but yeah, it was, I do want to ask, like, what, so we've touched on some reasons why this movie wasn't as successful. What are some other sort of criticisms you think of this movie? I think a lot of it just comes down to the fact that it's it's long. You know, some people would see it as boring, that it wasn't necessarily Spielberg at his Spielbergiest. And but I, I think that's a criticism of probably the past 10 to 15 years of a lot of his work. You know, he just made West Side yeah. Story, like a musical. It was yes. gorgeous. All right. But a, a lot of this stuff hasn't gotten the accolade that something like Jurassic Park or R- Minority Report um mm. they that they did kind of in his heyday or even Hook, right? Like all these massive yeah. successes. But you, you you never hear Spielberg say that he is upset about any of that kind of stuff. He just is going to make the movie that he's going to make and hope you watch it, right? Like Lincoln is another version mm. of a movie where I'll never watch Lincoln again. Never. Mm. <laughs> it was a beautiful film. I think it's a very important story that a lot of people need to know. Never in my life will I watch that movie. Never again. Uh, <laughs> but who cares? You know, he's he's gotten to the point where he transcends criticism when he makes a movie that he clearly cares about. I think there yeah. might only be one right off the top of my head that I know where he was like, eh, and that's kingdom of the crystal skull. But again, mm-hmm. he didn't write that, right? He's just, that was honoring a lifelong kind of companionship with George Lucas and bringing the character back. But even now, like he did it with Jurassic park and he's doing it with Indiana Jones. Like here, let other yeah. people who care to try to tell new stories in that space. I already did it. Yeah. Right. I think he learned his lesson with Crystal Skull. Like, looks that way. Uh, here, we're going to put it over mm-hmm. there. People care about the character. They don't care about my name being attached to it as much. Right. Yeah. So there, there could be a million and one criticisms about it. Somebody could seriously sit there in front of me and be like, here's everything wrong with the movie and here's everything wrong with Steven Spielberg. And I would just tell them, like, all right, your, your, your opinion is valid. <laughs> All I hope is that you can understand and appreciate that he has had a long career. Yeah. And that I enjoyed this movie. That's all I would say in, in, you know, in respect to that. Cause I 
totally understand that it is alienating for a lot of folks out there, especially those that aren't like bound and determined to create um, Mm. any sort of entertainment, right? But if you are that person, if you're creating anything, I guarantee you when you watch Sammy Fableman, Steven Spielberg in his hotel or, or in his high school, when he's showing the senior day film that he makes and you're hearing the reaction of his classmates and he's watching and he's falling back in love with something that he almost abandoned, yeah. you will be so fired up to go make something of your own <laughs> that you'll do it that very night. I guarantee it. Yeah. 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 Uh, that, that scene was really good. Um, I'm wondering, man, I was just speaking, how much of, do you think nostalgia plays a big part into this? Because, you know, speaking of, you know, Steven Spielberg, you're a huge fan. I'm obviously a fan. New audiences that aren't familiar with this, you know, the body of work or who he is as a director. Yeah. This is probably absolutely. the worst thing to watch coming in <laughs> if you have not seen any Spielberg movies <laughs> before and you see this. <laughs> that's a fantastic point that I hadn't really yeah. considered. And that's the fallacy of men of a certain age how could you not know how could you not know this guy yeah uh, yeah well yeah well you know we don't know a lot of the the films that were his, his influences right like yeah. he could probably name a handful of directors if i was sitting in a room with him that i've never heard of or that i may have seen a movie of in passing and just totally forgot about right yeah steven spielberg in his influence will be behind a lot of cinematic decisions for generations to come. I truly believe that, but his name may, you know, kind of fall back into obscurity. And then there'll be people like me with a poster of his on the wall when I'm <laughs> saying like, well, you don't know the way this guy told the story. Uh, and then Zack yeah. Snyder's, you know, <laughs> protege will, will have come out with Michael Bay's friend and they'll be making fast yeah. and furious 27. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? it's, it's 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 an unfair comparison, but you're absolutely right. What are the commercial sex- successes these days? Are the Marvel films, the Fast yeah. and the Furious films, like franchises are king right now? And outside of Indiana Jones, he didn't like to franchise. You know, no. it was generally one and done. Jurassic Park is another kind of outlier exception, but yeah, it, most of his work stands on its own merit as being one of the best, if not the best example of that movie in that genre. But you're absolutely correct correct. to a newer generation. Like we talked about with Jurassic world dominion. Yes. Yes. Maybe their version of best in that genre is something totally different. Yeah. No, I think that might have a bit to play with it because he is someone honestly from a different time period, like watching the fable in today's age. Like now it feels like you're being transported somewhere else. Like to be honest, it is a throwback movie. So I think that might be some of the criticisms from just the general audience that come into this movie. Like, they don't know so much about Steven Spielberg or they might have been a more casual fan of his, seen a few, and they're looking to, you know, make it a bit more, I don't know, maybe they're supposed to be more like Indiana Jones or something like that. <laughs> I don't know, maybe something different. But um, yeah, man, I think we've basically covered off most things. Were there any sort of thoughts you had before we move on to the D-scale? Any other things that we left out? As I've sat on this movie for the past few weeks since I originally watched it, I just, I'm happy to know more about Steven Spielberg and what he thinks is important for the audience who respects and knows his films to know about him and his family. It's a really difficult thing to be able to show something crumble while also 
proving to you why the infrastructure was worthy of love in the first place. Yeah. And in that, this movie succeeds full spades in inspiring artists. I think this movie succeeds full marks and as a love letter to movies in general, I think it succeeds full marks because you can look at everything as an artsy fartsy thing, right? Like, especially us critics, even us armchair critics, mm-hmm. we always want to pull, peel mm-hmm. back and be like, well, what about the motivations? And then it hits <laughs> you with that end of just like horizon at the top is great. Horizon at the bottom is great. Horizon in the middle is fucking boring. And you're like, yeah. yes, you know what? Uh-huh. You're right. That's all it takes. Yeah, but you got to yeah, do yeah. that every day. And I appreciated the hell out of it. What about you? Yeah, no, I was definitely a fan of it. It's, um, yeah, as I said, I do appreciate, I've, th- thinking back now, it is something that probably we're not going to see too much more of anymore. It's actually a little bit sad, like a little bit, like Steven Spielberg, if you think about it, I don't know how many movies he's got under his belt. Like, you know, he is a you know elder director, um, been doing it for a long time. So the truth of the matter is that, yeah, he is probably towards the tail end of his career and that's a perfect time to do something like this. And you see this kind of thing done towards the end of someone's career <laughs> for a reason. Um, to sort of reflect back and, you know, after you've done everything else you've done, what do I tell a story about now about myself and my journey? But the people that have, the millions, billions of people that have all followed him and his movies have been impacted by him like yourself um, and like myself. Um, so it's, it is a little bit sad in that. So I did really enjoy it. I think on the D scale, man, um, let me kick things off for me. I think this is probably a, dynamite i'd say probably yeah i'd probably say it's a solid dynamite um it's definitely impactful i am really happy it came out i'm happy he did something like this uh it's good to sort of see behind the layers and to see something you know that he's gone through and what made him and sort of try to understand at least a little bit the genius and the influences that sort of played a role in sort of some of the best films that yeah that i've i've ever seen it's hard to argue that jurassic park will ever the amount of times I would have rewatched Jurassic Park, the amount of times I've seen E.T., the amount of times I've seen Jaws, just those three alone, <laughs> you know, um, speak volumes in themselves. So, yeah, it's probably a dynamite for me, man. Like, I'm going to take a prediction. I think this is a dope for you. I'm yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> what would make you think then? <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, but I, maybe not for reasons that I had already expressed. It's... It's not like the Lifetime Achievement Award type of thing, mm. you know. It, it's not like the or the 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 type of awards that you know people will get just because they've made a lot of things, you know. Um, yeah. That that was levied at when it came to the the Lord of the Rings movies, or with yeah. um, you were brought up earlier, Scorsese when he was handed a, an award for a movie that a lot of people think he didn't yeah. uh, deserve the award for, but it was more mm-hmm. for his career. Yeah, I think if you're of a certain if you're in a certain stage of life and you're thinking about creating things, this movie is right up there with with Chef for me in terms of being oh, just yeah. pure motivational fire, right? So it will light a fire directly under your ass and you will be so charged to go and do something. And even if you're not fired up, you'll feel understood. And I think it's rare that we see a movie that truly attempts to empathize with every single character on on screen. And to wrap it up again, like Sammy Fableman is the central character, but the main characters are the mom and the dad and also those kids and Benny to a lesser extent. But 
The fact that we can empathize and love each of those characters, knowing full well that they all did awful things to and around one another, is a masterstroke. Like, that's a masterstroke. We're not talking about making one of the first CG dinosaurs that looks beautiful Mm. and and, and amazing, but we are talking about equally emotionally affecting scenes that will leave you feeling like, when I was in Jurassic Park, I kind of wanted to do this in in my chair Mm -hmm. and in some of the scenes in this movie, I was doing this in my chair. But here, it's just conversations between people. Like a lot of folks, so your your point earlier, like, is this movie too old or does this rely on older tropes? Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people that don't like Jaws because they think the shark looks fake. Yeah. You don't need a fake looking shark for the scene where they're in the belly of the boat and they're talking about the USS Indianapolis. Steven Spielberg is the guy who will put enough people together that allows one conversation to be more important than a man-eating shark, dinosaurs, or any of the conventions of modern cinema with CG and a single yeah. conversation can impact you for the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. No, he was fantastic. And if you've noticed, I've not mentioned exposition in this movie because even though there's so much dialogue in this movie, it all feels like it's for a purpose, which is fantastic. You know, a movie that like that's like this, I was a bit worried that, okay, this is just going to be explaining to me about certain areas of his life, but no, there's much more showing than telling. Yeah, it just effortlessly flows. Yeah, that's a great point. It it's it's like the scenes, you know, in a movie, but they they take you from from point A to point B so effortlessly and for such a purpose. You you nailed it. Like everything was to hit a central theme. Very dense, but yet very entertaining, very engaging. So look, I do hope it does get some kind of award, at least some recognition for what it's done, because unfortunately it's not. Um, probably going to make the money. Probably, you know, I don't know if people expect it, but probably not the money that you know. It's not, it might not even break even. So that would be a shame. But look, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and look, I'm happy it was made because it's a great movie. Um, but yeah, man, this was really great. I'm really happy we got to discuss this movie, Doug, as someone. Yeah, that's, yeah, you know, this was cool. I, this is and to be clear, this yeah. isn't one that I'm going to spin every single week like I did when I was a kid with Jurassic yeah. Park. Like. <laughs> This is going to constantly be on in the background, but I do think any moment in my life where I might be like, oh man, this was a hard week of creativity. I might toss this mm-hmm. on to remind myself like, yeah, yeah, it happens. It happens to yeah. literally what I consider the best of us. Yeah. It's a journey. Yeah. <laughs> it's a journey to get there. That's what this showed us. But yeah, man, looking forward to catching up with you again, Doug, and we'll catch everyone else um, on the next one. Thanks again. Thanks guys. <laughs> yes.